Hello, 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 everyone. I'm Pia, your host. Welcome to the podcast. And today, I have a wonderful guest, all the way from Kenya, Hunja. Would you like to introduce yeah. yourself? Uh, hi, guys. My name is Hunja Kinyanjui, and this is such a big pleasure, man. Like, I've been waiting to do this with you for a while. <laughs> Bro, I'm so happy you came. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, You guys don't know, but... um. We have the best conversations ever, all the time. Yeah, literally. <laughs> all the time. Like, you've been meaning to come onto this podcast. Um, so I'm glad you came. And I hope the audience is going to love this conversation because I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but I'm fucking excited. I'm also kind of nervous and still excited because I can't wait to hear what you have in store for me. All right, let's get into this. Yeah. Um. So, you're from Kenya. Did you grow up in yeah. Kenya? Yeah. Born, yeah. raised, grew up in Kenya Ooh. all my life. Yeah. Um, Born in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in Nairobi. Moved to Kajado uh, when I was 19. And I've been living here ever since. What's the, what's the difference for you between Nairobi and Kajado? Uh, I live in Kitengela, so the city is like really busy. Throughout, like there's a lot of people there. Are uh, there are a lot of what can I say? Uh, traders yeah. living in Kitengela, like people from all walks of life, from Maasai to Kikuyu. Like it's almost like Nairobi, but yeah. the scene is really lively. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. I would have. I I know. I used to pass Kitengela going to school. I used to uh-huh. school in Kajiado in Naisula. Uh-huh. Um. But I would have never like chilled in the city, so I don't really know what yeah. happens there. <laughs> uh, what what can I say exactly? Nothing really exciting apart from the people who come to trade here from all parts of Kenya. Actually, it's just like it's just like Nairobi, but just for like farmers and stuff, and and people are willing to exchange. What can I say? This is hard. Exchange services for services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of money? Yeah. Okay. No, money, definitely. Money is always okay. in the equation. <laughs> money is always in the equation. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um, so what, what were you meaning to say instead? Instead of what? Um, Like money. Like you were saying uh, exchange. Like what's up, what types of stuff would they be exchanging? Uh Oh, yeah. For example, here we have a lot of my side, definitely, because it's Kajabi. So there's a lot of uh cattle. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also farmers who come all day from uh, Kiambu and Nyeri, where I'm, I'm from. I'm a Kikuyu. And there's also people come from Kisumu with their fish and stuff, you know. So, like, it's kind of a market scene in Kitengela currently, what I can say. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. you go out much? In Kitengela, no. I usually, all my friends are in Nairobi. Yeah. <laughs> so, I usually go back to Nairobi when I want to party and everything. Okay. That's yeah, cool. cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I know Kenya, yeah, like people will sell a lot. Like people will just come to you and yeah. sell all the time, which is really Definitely. cool. I like the culture there because um, what I've seen is that people are more hardworking. Like they they just always wake up and grind, you know? Yeah. They're literally hustlers from birth. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, definitely. People here are up from... As early as 2 a.m., people already grinding. 2 a.m.? When do they sleep? 2 a.m. 
<laughs> don't play. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, would you have thought to, to move out of Kenya ever? If I had a chance to move out of Kenya, I would, but mainly for work, not to go and live outside of Kenya. I want to go and work outside, like see the world, see different people. Yeah. But I want to invest so much in Kenya and Africa. So when I'm financially stable, those, that is one of my biggest dreams. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so home is always home to you. Like you'll just never, there's, there's no other place that you'd ever want to call home apart from Kenya. I don't think there is any other place that will ever be home other than Kenya. That's crazy. I feel the yeah. same way. I'm not even Kenyan and I feel the same way. I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't know. I, I guess because of, I, I grew up there a few times. Um, yeah. I like, I, I know a few times sounds weird because it's like you just grew up there, you didn't. But like I lived yeah. in Kenya, then moved and then went back. Yeah. <laughs> but I I have like a connection to it. So I've I've always kind of liked it and been like, oh, I, I kind of want to settle here. But Kenya uh-huh. is so bad for foreigners it's literally like everywhere else like they're like they're just, the immigration system is, is so bad i was asking my parents the other day i was like um so do my siblings because they were born in kenya i was like do they have kenya yeah. passports and my parents huh. said no and i was like that doesn't make sense they were there for so long and they're like no they just don't give them unless your one of your parents was born in kenya and i was like yeah. that makes no sense but oh well i guess they have so much that they need to take care of for for their own people um, yeah, yeah. So I guess to to protect their country, just like any other country, it it does make sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, but also understand the fact that Kenya, when it comes to their leaders, like we have really corrupt leaders. Leaders, sorry. Yeah. But really corrupt leaders, just like any other African country. Yeah. But in terms of the people themselves, they are really receiving of other people from all over the world like mm. i usually like kenya is like a metropolitan you'll find people from all over the world from india from literally any country and you can live with the people and intermingle just as if you're home yeah yeah yeah, yeah kenyans are very welcoming and the fact that um i found with kenyans when yeah. you're there they're going to speak english to you if they know that you're a foreigner like then whereas where i come from i, I come from Swaziland. if they see a yes. foreigner uh-huh. they're not going to be as quick to speak English to them, even uh-huh. if they know English. Whereas in yeah. Kenya, even if that person wouldn't speak English most of the time, if they know yeah. that you don't speak Swahili, they will yeah. speak English for you, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it also means you can be robbed faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I like that, that spirit. Like I just like that they're so welcoming of so many people from different parts of the world. Yeah, I've experienced that myself. So, yeah, no, it is it is really cool. And that's why Kenya's home. Yeah, that's why Kenya's home, man. Kenya's yeah. the city is 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 the heart of Africa. Yeah, it's the heart of Africa. Nah, for real. Um, yeah, no. Um, the one, the uh, one big problem I might say with Kenya is we don't really have an identity, like in terms of culture. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't really pinpoint like uh, you can't tell from a culinary art or from our music or from our drama or art like this is Kenyan because Kenyan is Kenyans are really influenced by the world yeah yeah okay you're interested in history right yeah I am what have you learned about what you've just said about Kenya from a historical perspective Uh, from a historical perspective what I can say is most of our 
identity has been erased because of colonialism. Yeah. That's one thing. But looking looking back at it, not much of it is rich because I remember once I went to the uh, Kenya National Archives mm-hmm. and there wasn't really much depth of like uh, uh, what what people in Kenya used to do. It's just, uh, what can I say? What's depicted in the archives is just attire, uh, leaders and stuff like that, but not identity in terms of uh, our customs, our rituals, what you used to do as people. Uh, celebrations, uh, holidays, things such things, things such as those. There aren't any. Do you think it's because they've been taken away and put in, into um, the Western museums instead? Because I, I truly believe that Kenya has rich culture. I just yeah. think, I just think it's not being shown to the people. Yeah. Um, because if you look at, like, I, I think what I heard was even because mm. you. You know, a lot of Kenyan uh, languages would have Bantu in them as well. Yeah. So, and a lot of African countries are Bantu as well. So it's just kind of like, if there's so many African countries and so many people who've come uh, together and dispersed from all of these areas, then surely everyone must have some sort of rich culture, only that it could have been erased and just can't be seen now. Yeah. Because especially with, what I've seen with the Kenyan education like system, like most of, I'm um, okay. I know this, um, the Kenyan education system, which is case K what, K S right, right. What is now it called? Using CBC, something central based learning. Yeah, we've changed oh, the education okay. system. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'll ask you why why you changed it later, but uh, right. I know that there's the British system, there's the American system as well. Uh, those are the international schools, and I'm just uh-huh. like. There's a lot of uh, British culture that's been introduced to Kenya. And yeah. also Kenya only got its independence in the 1960s. If, am I wrong? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So with all of that, I think there's a lot of culture that's been erased. And with the things that maybe the leaders are trying to put back in now, maybe they can't find enough information from even before colonization came because they would have erased everything to make um, the language predominantly English and the culture to be predominantly English because even the houses in Kenya for example like yeah. the apartment buildings the complexes like when I see the houses there I see houses in Europe to be of a similar make meaning oh, really? yeah yeah okay. like um, I, I feel like I could describe one to you and you literally know what I'm saying so yeah. when you get into the house yeah. and you look straight ahead there's the door the, I mean yeah. there's the stairs, yeah. the stairs and then just on the left of it the door on the left, there's the sitting room. And then if you go further, there's the kitchen and it's really small. And then yeah, exactly. Little... Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. and then if you go upstairs, there's three bedrooms. Yeah. But and then there's a small bathroom. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's two bathrooms, one for the master, but there'll be like one bathroom, a really rectangular shape. And then you'll find two big bedrooms and one really small one. And the yeah. one of the big ones has a balcony as well. Yeah, that's exactly how most Kenyan houses are. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I've, and then, obviously, like I said, I came to Ireland, which was also colonized by the Brits. So yeah. it's like they really they really made a way for themselves. They made, made a culture. So you, you can't find, obviously, old Kenyan houses unless maybe you go deep, deep, deep into Kenya, into traditional parts. So, yeah, I feel like it's been erased. That's why you can't find it. Yeah. 
and I've really been struggling like to understand, especially as a Kikuyu, like Kikuyu, most of our culture is almost like non-existent. Non-existent. The main culture most Kikuyu guys know is once you're once you're 14, 15, you go for initiation, and after that, there's a kind of like ce- ceremony to ce- celebrate you transitioning into a man. Yeah. And other than that, there's nothing much of Kikuyu culture that I know. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, I feel like if you did find it to be written in your language as well in Kikuyu. Yeah, it it will really like help like bring people together because you know that's how people celebrate their differences. Yeah. So what happens in Kenya you see that we like we embrace we embrace our colonial masters ways, we embrace our cultures from the US tr- through film and through music and right now I can see even embracing West African kind of lifestyle. Mm because of the media exactly yeah mm. but you don't you're not seeing enough of your own culture i'm not seeing enough of my own culture even uh, in terms of food when you uh-huh. go to the coast most of the food has been influenced by uh indians yeah italians and is that like the chapatis and the yeah yeah okay um so okay what what what's what what foods do you are you for certain are kenyan what food am I for certain I can? Let's see. Or African. Um, I might say... Like Ugali. <laughs> uh, maize is from Portugal, so no. But I can say Nyamachoma for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that one is Kenyan at the heart. Yeah. <laughs> that one yeah. is definitely Kenyan. For those that don't know, Nyamachoma is uh, barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, simply put. And, and also Mursik from the Kalenjins. It's like sour milk. That one is Kenyan as well. Sour milk? What is it made of? Uh, just, just fermented sour milk okay. in a god. Okay, that's just it. Okay. Yeah. Um, how would you eat that? You just drink it. <laughs> really? <laughs> no more sense to it. Yeah. Okay. We have yeah. something similar. So, it's the same sour milk uh, and it's thick and everything. But we don't yeah. drink it. We yeah. put it in something that looks like ugali. Uh-huh. But that type of ugali is more powdery. I actually made it today for dinner. Um, oh, nice. So it's just powdery. And then you put that milk, that sour milk on top and you mix it and you eat. <laughs> that, I would really like to try that. Yeah, yeah, you should actually try it. It's, it's so good. I'll, I'll teach you how to make it. Yeah, send the recipe. Need, yeah, it's literally just water and the ugali powder. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what else? Uh... I saw you asking when you saw you wanted to see who wants to debate with me about Andrew Tate. Oh my God! <laughs> and we also, we also had something we had to talk about. What yeah. is actually the purpose of life? Ooh. Some stoicism. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, hold on. Yeah. For the Andrew Tate one, I would like to debate you on that one. Yeah. But I haven't watched any of his videos, so I couldn't even, like, have my own opinion or anything. Like, yeah. I, I wish you told me this er- earlier, then I would have watched and then we would have had that debate. Yeah, but sure. yeah, if, if I debate now, it'll be from everything everyone's told me. But I personally haven't listened to him. So I yeah. can't really have, um, I haven't really formed an opinion. But yeah. what is, what did you say, what is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? Yeah, we've had this question quite a lot and we never answered. What do you think? I'll answer after you answer. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for the longest while possible. Yeah. Uh, actually, since even I started reading the book Ikigai. And to my conclusion, the purpose of life 
is to live you know okay. i thought about it in depth like the purpose of life is to live because one we come into earth and we're here boom mm. we set uh people think that life okay according to our culture according to what you've been taught in our households according to religion according to school you're taught that you must have like something that's driving you a purpose a meaning a meaning towards life maybe you want to become this great leader maybe you want to become this you want to become that there's no capital m you're not born like with a printed destiny that this is what you're supposed to do and if you don't find it you're lost you know the purpose yeah. of life for me is to live you know to watch every day as it comes and goes and learn and learn meet new people you know learn mm. new skills there's no like capital m meaning of life it's just what you give each day meaning to that's that's the purpose of life in my opinion okay has this has this question ever driven you crazy like you really wanted to find the answer before you came to this conclusion what was your like process before this final conclusion that you've decided to go with and i always thought that ever since i was a kid uh i'm destined for bigger things you know Mm. but i can't really seem to figure out what exactly it is yeah and being raised in a christian household like the things you're taught to follow things you're taught to abide by you know mm. and once you grow up you realize yeah well this system has its own flaws because you start thinking okay then where did all this come from who decided this is supposed to be this way and it really takes a toll on you when you even try to grasp the concept of being itself like we are on a rock somewhere floating and none of this even makes sense in the first place yeah you know so thinking about it i decided wait a minute especially since, uh, after i grew up i realized that most of the adults like people who you grew up knowing are adults and how adults are supposed to behave like mm. most of them don't even know what they're doing half of exactly. the time you know they're just winging it exactly yeah yeah and anyone who's telling you something it's from their own experience and how they perceive life and something funny is we we are not actually all living the same mm. people are living different people are living different lives every day like my story is not the same as yours we might be kenyan you might be uh, a kenyan male 21 just as me from my tribe but our stories are totally different you might yeah. want to pursue the same career but the things i go through every day are mine and they're not the yeah. same as yours you know mm. and the only way i think you can figure out life as a person is not by uh going through a tons of uh tons of books uh asking asking your mentors okay it's good to have guidance you know and that's why being inquisitive is very important when you yeah. live your life but the best way i think you can figure life out is by living it i agree yeah, yeah. that's really good I like I like that conclusion. Um yeah. how do you think that conclusion helps you move through your day to day? Uh how it helps me is like right now I see myself as human like I always beat myself up up yeah. even mistakes like it usually I hate make making I hate making mistakes I used to hate making mistakes but right now like I understand that one I don't have all the answers to everything that I'm doing you know I'm trying I'm trying to figure things out and so I just say yeah I've learned something like a mistake for me now is like a learning lesson like yeah she wasn't supposed to do that wasn't supposed to say that sorry can I cuss on here Yeah 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 you can 
I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to do that. And now I've learned, you know, the, and that's in the past. So anytime I'm presented with the same situation, I know I want to make the same mistake because I've learned from my yeah. own experience, you know. And yeah. that's not something you can get from someone else. Yeah, you can only quite literally go through the obstacle yourself and yeah. realize. Even if someone tells you, don't do that again, probably yeah. because they told you not to do it, you probably do it again. You probably did again. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah. yeah, you put so in your definition. Oh <laughs> man, it's it's been first of all coming to a conclusion is tough because yeah. to first figure out that question yeah. is to realize that sh- that life is fucked up. Definitely. And then yeah, <laughs> you're just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And then that's when you you're just kind of like, well, what is the purpose then? Like, what what am I doing here when there's so yeah. much going on? When there's so much horrible things happening to people and then yeah. for me i went through this phase where i was like okay let's sort out all the big things first even though i'm just one small person in my yeah. head, like, okay so this is happening there's racism well how do you combat racism as a whole well then there's this how do you combat this as a whole then there's this and it was just like it gets overwhelming because really not, exactly yeah it gets overwhelming because not everyone is asking the same question so mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have answers um and some people you know, maybe they're just used to going through the emotions that they've been going through and good for them because it means it's working for them. Yeah. So sometimes just asking that deep question on its own is very painful to mm-hmm. experience because you kind of have to go through it al- al- alone, which is, I guess, mm-hmm. that's the point of the question. So yeah. I think the purpose of life is to find your purpose rather than the purpose of life um, in, in its own. In because, general, yeah. yeah, because you can't really figure out everyone's purpose, just like you were saying, this is your own experience. Yeah. So for me, the purpose is to, is, is to, yeah, is to learn through my mistakes, is to figure out what I want and don't let what I want be too big for something that I'm going to feel like I can't achieve because I've made it too big for, big, big for myself. It should be yeah. small enough for me to take a step, but big enough for me to feel challenged enough to yeah. do it, you know? Um, yeah. the other purpose of life is to to kind of observe as well other people is not to be too yeah. in, yes. in my own head and because that produces anxiety as much as you're asking such a nice question yeah. it produces anxiety because then you put so much pressure on yourself you know mm-hmm. so just kind of also whatever you teach yourself um, kind of help other people or see where other people have done and also don't research big big celebrities because yeah they're at a different point altogether you know you can they're motivational yeah they're good yeah but always try to find someone who is like you who you feel like is doing better than you uh-huh. um, but also don't put them on a pedestal so as long as it's not someone who you're putting on a pedestal and someone who you feel like you can relate to yeah. that person you can look up to them for assistance but also as yeah. much as you're looking up to them to see where to go you're taking your own steps so in conclusion, the purpose of life is to, I don't know. I haven't come to the conclusion yet. <laughs> yeah. No harris in that. Yeah. But uh, I wish most people like could understand that because it, it helps you like step back from everything that's happening around you. Yeah. Like to try and figure yourself out. There's this thing I'm observing lately where people like forming decision as forming decisions as a collective and i think it's really sad you know because you don't understand like everyone is trying man yeah no one has this shit figured out no and everyone one. is trying mm. but 
people these days on the internet are really quick to crucify each other. You know, like yeah. I look at someone and I agree with them and I look at the comments and I say, oh man, these people are really killing this person. Mm. <laughs> I might see something and I'm not agreeing with it and I see the same, like people are really, I, I don't understand what the violence is all about. The cancel culture. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? Yeah. It reminds me of um, religion. Like you were speaking about religion earlier. You yeah. know how uh, before they would like, if you're not religious or like, remember the witch's trials and everything. If you don't believe, yeah. then you're kind of crucified. Yeah. Or when you, you're in class and you do something wrong or like, I don't know, you bring, I don't know, bro, you, you, you beat someone up and then you're punished and then you're humiliated and the whole school kind of sees that and laughs at you. Or like yeah, you cheated yeah. in yeah, you cheated in an exam and then they call you up in front of everyone and they say, Oh, this person did this. Would you like to tell everyone what you did? Man, and then you have to apologize. You know, exactly. You know that yeah. type of apology. Or I've heard other stories where again you do something wrong and they take you up to the stage and they beat you in front of everyone. So yeah. I think what I think personally from from my own observation is that People have picked up these traits from experiences that they've had or things that they've seen. And they mm-hmm. think it's normal for someone to be humiliated at such a big scale. Uh, um, and because we can't really measure scale in terms of numbers, so we uh-huh. don't really understand the concept of a million. We don't really understand the concept of a thousand. Like I, I feel like anything beyond 20 is hard for any human to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. So long as you're being humiliated by what looks like a lot in your brain. Mm-hmm. It, even it, five is still a big number. Yeah, you know, yeah. even five. Because if you see like groups of friends where there's like five people and one of them is being bullied, yeah, th- they're gonna continue bullying that person because it feels better to be to be to to be a follower than it is to be an individual and you know choose whatever decision feels right. So I yeah. just think that's what's happening. I think it's people being scared first of all to make their own choice mm-hmm. in a matter. Um, and to also be cancelled because they can see what's happening. But that's the thing. They're smart enough to see what's happening to that person so they don't want it to be them. Uh-huh. But they're not smart enough to realize that this could potentially be them if they keep acting that way. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, just, that just reminded me when you said about being a follower. Like, I think most of us sometimes are afraid of like drawing conclusions or like not, 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 not drawing conclusions exactly, like thinking for ourselves. Yeah. So we'd rather someone else think for us. Yeah. I noticed this when I, I was done reading Jordan Peterson and, and I really love that book of his. I haven't so, read it. Yeah, 12 Rules for Life. It. It's amazing. So, and I even went ahead following, to follow him on Instagram. Then I saw him recently post about how the thank God for the Queen's uh, monarch keeping mm-hmm. tyranny at bay. And I was like, okay, well, not most people agree, uh, agree with that. And it puts me kind of like crossroads because yeah well i really thought i could follow him like everything everything he says and it triggered me to remember something there was this uh story i'd been told of a monk you know mm-hmm. he was this enlightened monk you know like people we, we know to be enlightened so everyone will come up to him with a uh a question question yeah you ask yeah. him oh monk what should i do about this and and he tell you yeah you should do this and most of the people he'd meet uh never questioned anything he said they will just really? obligingly follow yeah know? and he never really like uh wanted to be around those kind of people so anytime he was done with you he will leave the town he will leave the town mm. then he met this one guy 
like this girl will, uh, will always ask him questions like, oh, monk, uh, you said uh, we should do this and this, but I think this. And he really like kind of formed a friendship with this guy because he was always criticizing him. He was always asking him questions. He was always like, well, no, I don't think that. I think this. Yeah. But after years of spending time together, like this monk, uh, this uh, fellow, this individual, they stopped asking questions. Mm. And they became like kind of a follower, a strict follower. Like anything the monk says, monk says, do this, I'll do that. And the monk really? was like, yeah. And the monk was like, you know, from now, I don't want you following me. I don't want you anywhere around me. And was like, why? I've been following everything you've been saying. And, the, and he was like, that is exactly the problem. You stopped questioning. You stopped thinking for yourself. Mm. And that's what a lot of us, I was almost, that, that's what I was almost doing when I, after I'd done, reading Jordan's book and I realized after I saw the post like okay wait from this point I think I'm supposed to be thinking for myself yeah because yeah. it's kind of dangerous when you look to up to a celebrity up to someone and because not everything they'll say is right not everything they'll say you'll agree with not everything they say is absolute truth actually exactly exactly yeah. and I don't think we're meant to have copycats we're not uh, we're not meant to have lookalikes basically yeah. you know like I think Anyone who fears to be challenged, and I'm I'm kind of one of those people. Anyone yeah. who fears to be <laughs> anyone who fears to be challenged is yeah. is basically un is unwilling to learn. Yeah, you true. know, like you're stuck in your ways and you're scared. And I I can say that because I know that it's something that I want to change. You know, yeah. but like say for example, if you if you tell your parents yeah. um, that you don't want to go to I don't know if you don't want to do something you don't want to go to college or something yeah. and they're like no but that's the only way that you'll succeed and then you do it because they, yeah. they told you to do it and then you build up some inner resentment like you'll do it because they told you to do it but you still yeah. build up resentment that and you yeah. don't and you won't know where that resentment comes from and then one day you're just gonna lash out when they could have just under you could have told them that I don't want to do this and they could have understood and you would have given them a, a different idea and it's the same thing like like you don't have to agree with someone just because they are older than you. I know that Afri- yeah. African backgrounds will teach you a lot of that, that yeah. if an adult says something, you must do it. That's respect. That yes. I don't think that's respect. <laughs> I think that's just a lot. That's power. That's control, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's so it's just like, we should be willing to be disagreed with. Oh no, this is the difference. Yeah. You can disagree with someone respectfully. Yeah. yeah. You can disagree with someone and tell your opinion and without uh, tearing that person down, without minimizing them and without ridiculing them and yeah. saying what they're saying is obsolete because it's not. The only difference is you've had one experience and they've had another. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't think a lot of people like taking uh, disagreement soft, softly. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. interesting because what what happens then is that if, even though you refuse now eventually you will do what you don't want to do yeah i don't i, I don't know if i'm making sense but jordan peterson for example yeah. says things that are very contradictory to what society would right now believe right yeah. Yeah. but the more people go against that yeah. the more eventually it, it gets into their head and they mm-hmm. believe it subconsciously yeah. And then soon they fully believe it. Sure. Whereas if they just understand where he's coming from and understand that where, where they're coming from, from their yeah. different experiences, they will allow themselves 
to not experience cognitive dissonance by understanding that two mm. truths can, can be true. exist. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what people are failing to understand when they cancel people and when they um, hate one person is yeah. that first of all, this is one person. If this is one person against 500 people, that person is definitely weaker. So yeah. if you're going to all attack that person, then you are already fearing you're believing that they have more strength than you when they don't. They're just a person with their own opinions. And if we refuse to believe that that person can can hold one opinion and you can hold another, then you're refusing to believe that a person can be a person and you're a person as well. Exactly. We're not robots. We're not robots. Yeah. And Okay. When did you get into Jordan Peterson, though? Uh, let me see. When exactly did I get... I started reading books... Uh, early this year and yeah. i saw i saw the his book this this place I usually go for books because the the cheap he sells at 500 Kenyan shillings that's like that's like four, five euro. three dollars yeah yeah so i saw the title jordan peterson and i was like 12 rules for life and i was at a point where i really felt like i was lost and i needed guidance like what exactly should i do because mm. uh i need some guidance i need some ground rules i need like to form some foundation for who I want to be and how I'm supposed to maneuver this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I picked up the book. I saw a few of his reels. I saw him talking about uh, talking about feminism, modern day feminism and all that. And I was mm. like, okay, this he kind of knows what he's saying. And some of the stuff he says, I agree with. And I was like, okay, let me read this book. And after reading the book, I might say it's one of the best books I've ever read. Really? Yeah, it is. Okay. Give me one rule for life. One one rule for life, one yeah. that I live with, one like it has become like my mantra mm-hmm. is put your house in order before you criticize the world. Oh my God. I you love that rule. I like that because I, I saw a YouTube video by him and he yeah. said, he, I think he, he said that quote and yeah. but he was saying something about cleaning your room, basically clean your room yeah. before you give advice to others. Yeah, and yeah. for the past few weeks, I've just been cleaning my room. Like my room is always a mess. <laughs> Yeah. But I've been cleaning my room every single day, consciously cleaning it. Yeah. Um, just by that quote, he didn't say anything deeper than that. He literally mm. just said a few words, yeah. and I was like, I'm hooked. Like, uh, and I think, like you were saying, like it's just something that it's that push that you need to go into the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, because I'd I'd come to uh, like uh, this opinion, which ended up being detrimental. Where I was mm. like. No, I don't fucking believe in consistency is key because what if you want to change eventually? What if yeah. it, it overwhelms you? What if, like, I, I felt like I was coming from a good place because I was like, you know, it could be overwhelming to you. So yeah. you know, sometimes you can take a break. And I was like, I don't like this hustle culture because all it does mm-hmm. is drive you to, to you know, your death and everything. Yeah. So I took a break. Only thing is with me, I take everything to the extreme. So I'm either working extremely hard or I'm not working exactly, at all. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't work and I stopped working and then only only for that to like take you into a depression of sorts. So um, this came just when I was starting to heal again and starting to, you know, put in a little bit more work uh, as every day comes. But I still wasn't cleaning my room because I was like, what's the point? But cleaning your room is so helpful, even if it's not like for some mental thing. It's helpful Mm -hmm. for finding your shit, first of all. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then you know like it, it feels useless because you're like well I'm going to be coming back to sleep in the bed anyways Yeah. but 
I don't know. It's still kind of nice to see a nice room. Like, like why why would you want to live in a filthy place anyway? Like, doesn't make sense. What what benefit does it have for you? What benefit does it have for anyone who comes? You're gonna step on shit and it's gonna hurt you. And then what? Yes. You might as well just clean up and, you know, just know where everything is so that when yeah. someone asks you where it is you 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 know you can find it when someone comes visits you you don't have to stress about cleaning it because it's already clean yeah and it's peaceful like walking into a room that's clean and everything is where it's supposed to be yeah there's yeah. space for you to sit there's yeah. space for you to put your stuff when you're reading like it's just so much handier and yeah. so much easier when you when your room is clean so yeah that advice even forgetting the part of advising other people that yeah. was good for myself just for my own benefit yeah and it like saves you from a lot because before like you criticize you see someone do something and you're like man i hate this person or i i totally disagree them with all the spite that you have and you ask yourself like why why that has something to say about me mm. you know, because if i disagree with you i'm not supposed to be angry with what you're saying in the first place yeah but if you find that you're disagreeing with someone and you're really pissed off by something they're saying Unless they're being a total dick, like, there must be something that's triggering you and you should find out, like, wait, why exactly am I this offended by what they're saying? Yeah, what is it that they're saying that reflects back to yeah. me what yeah. I do to other people? Yeah, and that is true. Um, I, I know some people don't believe in astrology, but the yeah. most interesting happened to me. I once yeah. had a group of uh, Virgos, they were all yeah. girls, yeah. and I brought them to meet each other just because you know there was an event happening and they yeah. hated each other and it was interesting because <laughs> i'd already seen through all of them that yeah. the, the traits that i might not like in them are traits that i don't like in myself yeah. <laughs> so it was just funny seeing how they hated each other and they didn't realize that it was just because that other person was doing something that they do all the time yeah yeah so yeah it is when you look at someone and you don't like something that they're doing, whether it's because they're wearing dirty clothes or it's because they're, you know, they're not clean, you know, whatever it is, yeah. just look back to yourself and think of something. Even if you don't do it now, think of something you've done that you haven't like looked at uh -huh. and it just kind of reinforces, it kind of reminds you um, that you, you probably did that as well. Like you, or you probably do that as well and you don't notice, just be more conscious of it. And you most likely are or used to do it actually there's yeah. a hundred percent chance whatever that person is saying or they're doing you used to do yeah and that's what that's what offend that's what offends you so much from, mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's kind of like how people uh, say people who are homophobic um yeah. are seeing them, themselves in those people they're they're, <laughs> they're seeing the inner um gay yeah. person in themselves that's why they're so homophobic so i kind of understand like i understand though some people are extremists you know i don't i don't see why you should kind of be aggressive with someone because of their sexuality but i understand why most men are not comfortable expressing their feminine side and one thing i i learned about that it doesn't make you like gay to love pink or to have your hair done or having a skincare routine or taking mm. stuff. no that's that's pretty in fact that's advisable man like keep yeah. your skin looking fresh man Exactly. It just shows that you, you love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that simple. Yeah. Um, but I also get it from a religious perspective and yeah. from a strict upbringing perspective yeah. and from a historical perspective. I once read something, whether yeah. it's true or not, I don't know. But yeah. I once read that the colonialists used to 
use um used to basically uh and what's this term that i want to use right now trigger warning sexual assault guys yeah so <laughs> apparently they used to sexually assault the men to yeah. in in emasculate them yeah yeah and apparently that's where the whole um idea of being homophobic came in africa yeah yeah have you heard of that actually i saw a video in fact thanks for reminding me i saw this video about the mamao and people in the central region so when most of them refused to uh, adhere to what the british were saying mm-hmm. they take the men and this is sad anyone who's listening listening to this i'm sorry this to take sand you know oh and they uh, shove it up a uh, guy's rectum using a stick Ooh. and grind the guy you know like oh my god i was seeing the video seeing like all these uh, men being tortured and it is one of the saddest things i've ever seen in my life there's an actual video as well yeah not, not of the actual act but of okay. the victims themselves okay. oh yeah. they're talking about it yeah that's very sad that's um, it makes me um question yeah um religion coming from the west kind of mm-hmm. how what they were taught and their own internalized homophobia and mm-hmm. them bringing it to africa yeah because if you look now historically i mean now in our current state mm-hmm. it's africans who would be the most homophobic yeah but no one wants to question where that homophobia came from well ob- obviously we we have to blame ourselves in the sense that we're doing it now currently but mm-hmm. we also need to acknowledge where it comes from yeah yeah and i i i partly don't like my podcast cuz i'm always talking about colonies and i feel like maybe i'm lying but i mean no, there's, not. there's so much information that proves that that i'm telling the truth um <laughs> so yeah i i don't i just don't understand uh, i mean from a trauma perspective i feel like you know like how people when people are traumatized they kind of repeat the same thing yeah yeah and and you you know how like the catholic church has like a, a big history of them doing horrible stuff to young boys the priests yeah. Yeah. and i'm just like well obviously that that would be in europe that would be in in yeah in europe where all of these things would be happening they happen in africa as well but what i'm saying mm-hmm. what i'm getting to is that what they were doing those soldiers or those colonialists were doing to africans do you think it's part of the trauma that they would have experienced from their own religious upbringing most likely most likely yeah uh, because i saw uh why 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 exactly would you why where would the idea come why? from to begin with because you know, this is something that seems like it's it's such a vivid thing it's such a like it's an extreme image and it's like there's a lot of things that people can't think of unless they actually experience it yeah so it's like and also to to do it without remorse is kind of such a traumatic thing to do as well man that's that's the most inhuman thing i can even think of like just looking back and hearing the interview replay in my head it's it's kind yeah. of sad yeah, yeah. i don't, i don't even want to watch it but yeah um it's it's i don't know it's always necessary to know like your history and just kind of understand cuz yeah. that's the only way we'll be able to solve our problems as africans is just to understand where all of these things stem from cuz yeah there's 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 only as far as we can go is colonial times yeah. and then after that we don't really have much information just like you were saying about kenya we don't yeah. really have much information beyond um 
colonial times. Uh, I have a question though. Yeah. What type of um, colonial trauma do you think Kenyans till today still um, uh, are facing? Or are still not, even, not even facing, but yeah. kind of act out from that experience. I think the biggest and the most heartbreaking, especially in the 21st century, 2022, mm. is most Kenyans still believe that whites are a superior race. Okay, yeah, you've answered Especially ones, ones who, like, haven't been exposed a lot, you know, mm. to, like, different cultures other than their own. They still think that whites are a superior race. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of um, African people, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else I might say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just that. That's the one of I the biggest I think there's more, but they're like it. minor shit. Like these things that you don't like, wouldn't be as aware of. Okay, for me, for example, mm-hmm. I, I would say I can't narrow that down specifically. Oh, yeah. Opinion. I just uh-huh. remember. Yeah. Uh, most most Africans, including me myself, no, not most Africans, most Kenyans, including me myself, especially the youth, we don't know mm-hmm. native tongue. We think it's kind of this uh, uncivilized language. Like, I'm not conversant with Kikui. I can't speak Kikui fluently, but you'll find a uh, lot of youth can't even speak their native tongue. Yeah, so he, mm-hmm. even Swahili. Even Swahili. Most of them gravitate towards English. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I think I was I was the same growing up. I still don't know my language fully. Um, yeah. yeah, because <laughs> every time I try to speak it, I have an accent. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, people yeah. are laughing at me and I'm like, I'd rather not speak this. I think yeah. so. that's where that's what makes me not speak it is just because I know people are going to be laughing at me. But at mm-hmm. the same time, that's just how you learn. Like you, you're not going to totally. learn if you keep running away from it. Yeah. And, and, and as someone who wants our countries to be speaking our languages more, I'd be I wouldn't be doing justice just speaking English all through and through. Yeah. You know, I actually wanted to make part of this podcast speak Siswati. <laughs> so if I invite Siswati guest, I was like, you know what, maybe let me do it um in Siswati, just one episode once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Except should. I won't be able to hold it for that long. <laughs> <laughs> you can mix it up with English. That's sometimes what I do. I, like I speak a little Kikui and throw an English word like in Yeah. There. I think that works. I think that works. But yeah, um what 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 advancements do you want to see Africa doing in the oh I actually have another one for the whole question that I asked you uh-huh. before I get there yeah. we we still want Af- uh, we still want European clothes like we're going to flex with European things yeah, but yeah, we're, yeah. we won't even spend a dime on the person who makes the fabric the 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 kitengas we you know yeah. We, when they say when they say five hundred shillings, we're like, no, but that's too expensive. You know, reduce it for me. And <laughs> five hundred shillings, man. Yeah, you know, five hundred shillings is not even anything. But yeah. we don't mind spending five hundred Gucci. But we, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly what I'm saying. You know, like yeah. we're that that's still the type of reliance we have on the white man is that we think that their thing, things are more superior superior than ours and we think their art is more superior than ours and we think their language, we think their everything, everything about them, their hair. Like, oh, hair mm-hmm. is a big one. Uh, especially hair. Especially hair, man. Like, mm. a lot of black girls are going to fight me on this one and it's okay, I'm kind of prepared now. But <laughs> <laughs> I find it so 
I, I think it's okay. I think do whatever you want. Express yourself however you want. Yeah. But if you're only going to be wearing wigs and no braids and no natural hair, that's a, yeah. that's a red flag to me. Uh, yeah. But also to each their own. But I think each if you're own. going to do that and then not... Uh, and then say to white people not to wear braids is kind of funny because it's, it's like very funny. it's like you're saying they're culturally appropriating you but you're literally wearing indian hair like is there a difference you make know? it make sense make it make sense and then you'll come with this argument of yeah but white people can be culturally appropriated but we can't no fuck that um if you want to see but again not everyone is on the same wave you know mm-hmm. and I, I can't really force anyone to be um that would that would be very unfair of me because whatever looks good on you, like these girls look really good. All yeah. I'm saying is, watch your hypocrisies. Just watch your hypocrisies because, yeah. in the same breath, those people, those say those white people who are wearing those braids, what they're doing is supporting a black person who is selling the braids, and they're supporting yeah. a black person who's braid. And maybe I say this because I braid hair, or it's maybe because <laughs> I understand because I braid hair, but. Yeah. I can understand from the perspective of, of that Kitenga person who that black person is not buying from, but they're buying from the Gucci. And I can understand from that black shoemaker who mm. we're all going to buy fucking vans instead of supporting them, even though mm. they're using, you know, it's just kind of like, what the fuck, bro? You know, speaking about how, like, on the topic of, I remember one time I saw this white, white girl with mm-hmm. dreadlocks and I was like, wow, she really really looks amazing and i kept scrolling on her feed and i'm looking at her with dreadlocks and i'm like she looks amazing yeah. then i opened the comments just to see if people think the same way and i was shocked to see that a lot of not even africans but black americans are saying oh white girls shouldn't be having on dreadlocks you don't know the history of like, <laughs> black and i'm like wait do you even know where dreadlocks come from <laughs> yourself? you know because i'm looking at most of these black americans none of them even know where dreadlocks came from they came from here exactly where and did me, they come I'm, from? I'm from the country where they came from, and I don't even mind a white chick having dreadlocks. You see that? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. That's why I I now want to know where someone comes from before I hear their argument. And yeah. I want to know where they've been and where they get their information. Because I still have a lot of African mindsets. So, like, a lot of Africans, if they come, if a white person comes to the salon, they don't care. Because you're giving them money. You're This is a livelihood for them, you know? Yeah. So, you, you're feeding them. And these same black Americans who complain about white people braiding their hair, they don't even support black people, you know? Uh, Africans, actually. They don't even support themselves. Like, they are, like I just saw recently, one of, uh, uh, one of the rappers I used to listen to back in 2016 just died. Shot by his fellow black, black Americans. Wait, and is, it's that, quite um, is that the one with the poster? Of, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the guy. Shit. And it's the same black people killing black people. Yeah. And instead of empowering your own, like the only time we don't fight is when we put our differences aside to fight another person who's not black. Yeah. And it's and like, like fucking cop on. Like we can't be saying this when white people are doing this, yet when we're doing it to ourselves, it's okay. Yeah. What part of this is normal? Like none of this is normal. Like it's not even making sense in the first place. No, it's really not. Um, only to and, and the thing is to make matters worse, you're stealing the white people shit from a black person. Like, what is going on? Make the sense make like it's it's actually. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of frustrating. It is very frustrating, but I think even rappers now kind of learn, guys. Like I know you guys have money, but can you please support people who need the shit? 
Yeah. Like I know that you're trying to flex and everything, but I don't know, man. I think and that's take why care I'm. Yourselves. Have you heard of um, I'm a piano? Yeah, I listen to my piano. Yeah, I'm a piano. A vibe, bro. Yeah. Um, but one thing I really appreciate about I'm a piano is the roots that it's taking people back to. People mm-hmm. are starting to dress more cultural. They're starting to incorporate a lot of like their own language and you know like just be African. And it's it's so amazing to see because people are like wearing. And I saw this also from a, uh, I think it was a BBC thing. Huh? But they're like wearing more traditional stuff as well. And it's just, it's allowing people to embrace themselves. And it's amazing. It's just like Afrobeats, but for South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I got into my piano because of high, high life. No, not high life. What's Kwaito. Kwaito is what, Kwaito really? is what got me into. Yeah, Kwaito is what got me into my piano. Because I, I love this. The kind of soul vibes. It's just chill. I used to listen to Kwaito a lot. And then I had like, now I'm a piano. It's kind of this improved EDM version of Nene Kwaito. Yeah, that's cool. I don't yeah. even know what, what, what does EDM mean? Uh, electric dance music, like house music. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I haven't listened to Kwaito in a long time, but mm. now you're putting me back on. <laughs> yeah, go get I'm, it. I might listen to it. Uh, what type of music do you also listen to? Uh, my my go-to genres uh, will have to be R&B, Jazz, jazz is a big influence, in fact, even to my music style itself. Yeah. Uh, R&B mm-hmm. and hip-hop, yeah. And what type of music do you make? I make new soul and lo-fi yes. and R&B. And also, kind of, when it comes to performing, because, like, if I'm performing with a band, mm-hmm. uh, I'd play any genre, from reggae to high life to whatever, like, Whatever will be jamming at that time is what we play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What influences your making, your process of making music? Uh, for me, I can say it's pain. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Pain is the biggest influence yeah. of my music. You know? Well, that's really cool because it shows that you're able to, you found an outlet yeah. to express yourself. It feels kind of home. like anytime I just feel lost and like decide to sing or I decide to write a song, like I feel like it's like breathing in fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you know music was for you? Like at what age did you realize, oh, fuck, I am in love with music? Like, uh, okay, I didn't think of it like a big thing. I used to love singing ever since I was young, you know. Yeah. But I never like performed in front of anyone got into high school uh got into the choir and uh one of one of the one of my seniors noticed that i i had a really good voice so he said we'll be going to a function for kerry mm-hmm. tax and you're going to do a solo and i was like is this guy serious He's a giving solo me a solo to perform in front of people and i was like i can't think i can pull it off and to make it worse like for me pressure was i was going to sing a solo after one of the best singers who I knew at the time. So, like, he's going to... It's like I'm cutting dropping. It's like he's cutting raising for me. So he'll sing and then I come after. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there's no backing out of this. It's We will find out today how it goes. Mm-hmm. So we practiced and we went for the event in Muranga. It was for Kere, like I just said. And we are performing. It starts with, like, it's kind of like a small choir. There's a small choir where we all sing together. Then 
in in between there's a few solos like solo verses mm-hmm. so he he comes on he he kills it he does his his part and I was like okay I'm next I'm next I'm next yeah and after I did my verse I saw the reaction from the crowd I saw like I saw people gasping I was like is is it the one thing and and I was like okay these people actually love my voice and from there I was like I'm doing this shit oh my god let's start with it I'm so happy I'm yeah. so happy that that's how you started cuz I know um obviously if you're doing something big and it doesn't go as as planned yeah. it can kind of ruin everything for you yeah so i'm happy that your first time like singing in front of a crowd and everything was as good as good as it was for you to continue it was life changing it was i think it's one of the most beautiful moments in my life yeah <laughs> yeah oh my okay that's cool i i feel like that even goes back to the first question of um the purpose of life is kind of it's the small little things honestly it's literally it's the small things yeah it's the small things like i sometimes we have such big goals but the small things that happen that change our life or for yeah. whatever reason they're they're what gives us purpose yeah yeah and they're beautiful like just waking up going going out for a walk drinking a glass of water petting your cat that's life yeah seeing the Visiting sunset the sunrise yeah that's life yeah also crying is also part of life Yeah. getting traumatized is also part of life you know mm-hmm. walking through your traumas is also part of life yeah mm. oh like meeting people talking yeah expressing literally storytelling <laughs> that's all of those things you those know? moments yeah those kind of little arguments you have with your siblings that is life you know that is life because mm, someone else doesn't have siblings and wishes that's all they had yeah yeah the kind of like contrast is what makes life as long as this day there'll be night as long as you experience pain you'll know what it means to experience happiness yeah to experience bliss yeah and yeah. um, with the whole like pain and everything how do you deal with like when you know something i don't know you feel like it's the end of the world like how do you get yourself to remember that there's light at the end of the tunnel uh one thing that kind of pushes me like to say like well this can't be it because at the, uh this point where I am in my life I don't know if, but I'm not really convinced that this is like let's say for example you're reading a book right mm-hmm. and you're reading your 10 pages in and then it's a 300 page book right mm-hmm. and you find after the 10th page all the other pages are blank yeah and the 10th page just hangs at a sentence like and on that day and on that day watch you know like that's 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 at the point where I'm at my life I feel like and I'm that point and I have to know how the story ends so I'm not convinced this is how my story and that's that's something that gets me up going every day I feel like you know what I'm tired I can't do this shit anymore and I was like and I revisit my whole life experience from start to end up to where I am and I'm like not a convincing ending yeah yeah so let's go on let's go on yeah um... like I have to know the ending and the ending has to be because every ending like it's beautiful even if you're not uh, you want to make it to the heights of 1% where most of us are aiming like maybe you want to be like Elon you want to be like Beyonce like every single story is then told stories in fact are the most beautiful ones mm. like how somebody managed to raise like 10 kids and they were homeless on their yeah. own like, those are the most inspiring stories with no education zero education zero job and you still manage to pull it off you none of them die none of them 
fail to go to school like you live to 90 and now you can look but uh look back at your grandkids and you say yeah actually pull it off mm. you know yeah i think um that's that's a very important thing that you said huh. grandchildren grand just the concept of grandchildren is so it gives you so much life because yeah. you get to pass on so many stories you get to pass on your cooking you get to pass on so much life yeah. like you do music here your grandchildren are blessed <laughs> you know they'll be like yeah. grandpa play us a song you know and um, it'll be vibes that is beautiful yeah um um you know like the whole thing you were saying about like this is not how the story ends yeah. uh shows that obviously there's sometimes where we wake up and we have motivation and there's sometimes that we wake up and we don't so yeah. how do you deal with that the motivation part of it you know knowing that you don't have motivation every day but you gotta keep pushing uh let's see having to deal with that uh with, with no motivation is i look back and i see that i'm this has to deal firstly with the fact that i'm a firstborn child in my family yeah. you know, and i have people looking up to me mm. and i really think that me giving up it any time from now will be a disappointment to myself and themselves. So I keep myself going for one. And then there's also a, um, in a family that has been really rocky, you know, and yeah. everything that has happened in my past, I'm like, you know, that can never happen again. And I must keep myself going forward, you know, be an inspiration to others because I want to tell people, I went through this mm. and I got through it. I think yeah. the biggest, in fact, my biggest motivation is I want to be a motivation to others. Yeah. Despite everything that has happened to me in life, every wrong decision I've made that has made me feel like this is the end of the world. Mm. Every uh, moment that the door got closed on me, like, and I feel like, you know what, this is all shit. Mm-hmm. Tell, I want one day to stand on a pedestal and tell people, you know what, you can actually do it. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's literally it's not the end the, of the world. It's the little things you you would be giving people the little things. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of love. keep moving. Yeah. Love. Love for life. Love for yourself and love for the people around you. Amen. <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. But yeah. we're not done. Um, I yeah. wish I could say that that's the end. But <laughs> um, do you have any regrets? Uh, I used to. Okay. But I don't anymore because I work. I work towards them. What were what What were your regrets? Uh, I hooked up with someone who I wish I never did, you know, and it really got me depressed. Talked to one of my friends, and they told and they told me, "Okay, I first talked to my sister, and he told me if there's something you've done that, and she's younger than me, she told me, okay, you've done something you regret,' and I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, can you change it? And I was like. She actually has a point. I can't change none of it. Yeah. I can't like, no matter how bad I'll keep on sulking, I can't go back and change it. Mm. It's done. But I learned from it and was like, that will never happen again. Yeah. Yeah. How old is your sister? Yeah. How old is your sister? I think she's 16 right now. She's smart. Yeah. She's, she's the smartest woman I know in this world. Yeah, I can, I can I can already tell that she's racist. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't change it. Well, there's nothing to be dwelling on. There's nothing to be dwelling on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That that was really good advice, though. I feel like yeah. I need that. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Uh, oh, yeah. This is an interesting one. How do yeah. you read books? So, Because I struggle to read. When I read a book, right, mm-hmm. I will be reading three books at once. So yeah. I'll, read, I'll read the one that Ooh. I read first. And then I'm going to find another book that I'm interested in. And because I have no patience, I'm going to open it immediately. <laughs> and then I'm going to find another book. And then I'm going to open that one. And then yeah. finding times. And then I never finish them because I'll find another one and another one. So how mm-hmm. do you read a book? Uh, for me, how I read books, this is what I usually do. Like, I have uh, all the books that I'm supposed to read. Like, my reading list. It's in an order, like... Like, after this, this comes next. It's kind of like a sequence, like in series. There's this episode one, episode two. So I know, like, after I'm reading this, I'll go to this and it'll make sense after I've read this. So it kind okay. of makes me read one book at a time. And I don't, like, read 10 pages or, like, 20 pages. I, I don't give myself a specific goal. I read mm-hmm. until the point where I start reflecting and I'm like, damn. Let me just digest that for a second. Sometimes yeah. it's one page. Sometimes it's... I read through 40 mm-hmm. and yeah i i read until i start thinking you know i like it helps me think yeah yeah okay um what's the most like life-changing or significant book that you've read and why the most life-changing and i think it's a book that i i will buy and keep and give pass it on to the people that come after me is the game of life and how to play it that oh. book is the most powerful book I've ever read. Okay. Give me something interesting that you learned from there. Uh, something interesting I read from the book is we actually manifest our reality. Yeah. Like everything that's happening right now is something that we've envisioned in our mind and it has come to reality. And we can literally manifest anything into reality because Okay, for example, let's say I want to get, uh, want to get something done. You know, mm. for example, like, for example, there's uh, let me, let me okay, there's a dustbin right in mm. front of me. There's a trash can, and I have this paper roll. You know, mm-hmm. so the odds of me landing the paper inside is half and half. Yeah. You know, so the moment you want to manifest something in your reality, you're you're going to focus on landing it inside, not what if it lands outside mm. your your main goal in fact what your brain will be thinking about is envisioning the paper in the air and going directly inside the trash can yeah and that's how you manifest your reality don't don't think about the other half focus on the first half because the moment you're like okay it's 50 50 okay it's either it lands or it doesn't it's either it lands or it doesn't you're thinking too much now you're thinking too much. Just, You're yes. thinking. Just start fucking acting. Stop thinking. <laughs> Just, in fact, you should think it's already inside. All I have to do is it's take it the step. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's really that's cool. I I might read that book, but don't give me, don't make me read because I still need to read the first one. <laughs> then I need to read Jordan Peterson, and I need to read. And I'm currently reading three other books. No, I can't do this. In fact, in fact, <laughs> save it. Let it be your last book after you're done with your reading list. In fact, put it at the bottom and I swear it will be worth it. Say less. Because after I'm done with mine, I'm going back to it. I wish you lived in like the fucking UK so you could post me these books. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I will. <laughs> um, this reminds me of a conversation we had about tea. What's your favorite tea? <laughs> My favorite tea is, it has to be caramel. Damn. Really? In fact, I stopped taking coffee because of tea. I love caramel flavor. Kenya's known for its tea, though. (laughs) Yeah. 
Tea's amazing. Fuck, I still want some tea. You promised me tea. That's what you promised me, though. <laughs> We're working around it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll but be I, waiting. I live um, up to my promises, so definitely it will be coming. Sailors. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure which one I like, but you said caramel's good, so that better yeah. be one of them. I'll send a variety. Sailors. Say, just yeah. send me your PayPal, and yeah. I, I'll be waiting. Yeah, sure. Um, hmm. Last question before we finish. Yeah. This could have gone on for so much longer, but yeah. where, what change would you make for yourself, for your country that you think hasn't been implemented yet? And is, whether this is possible or impossible, just what dream do you have? Uh, okay, what I would um, uh, like try to implement in my country that hasn't yet. Hmm, let me see. I wish people understood and this, in fact, might even apply to a lot of Africans, not just Kenya in general. But I wish Africans understood the value of like working together. Yeah. And not like not trying to get things done on your own. Like you have this good idea about starting a company. You tell mm. your friends, you put them on it. And instead of like all of you as friends deciding to come up and form one, one company, now all of you 10, you want to start 10 different companies doing the same thing. Yeah. When all of your friends, you can just open one big company and split roles and open up uh, opportunities for other Africans that might be needing you. In fact, you yeah. get things done easier when you're a team, you know? Word. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's so much harder. You, you won't have as much connections when you're on your own. You won't have the expertise that other people will bring. Like, you just, it's just not as easy. It's not easy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I feel like I have another question, actually. Yeah. So, could you teach me five slang words from Kenya and what they mean in English? Okay. And maybe I'll find an Irish version or a Swazi version. Five slang words. Yeah. Mm. Let me see. Let me see. I think. You, let me see. Like a lot of words are flowing in my head right now, so I'm trying to pick one. Let's see. Actually, say it and I'll guess it. Rotejo is like rotejo or chuom. Those are two words. Rotejo chuom means like a, an alley or a path that's off road. You know, rotejo. Like, uh, rotejo. Jesus, I can't <laughs> or <chum>. pronounce it. <laughs> rotejo or chuom. Yeah, another okay. one. Let's see. Mm. That, no, that's not a that's not a Kenyan slang. Let's see. Let's see. You know what Msupa is, but that one's outdated. I don't remember. I'm super. A girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, I think that's a girl, but I was like, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, it is. Let me see. My is rusty. Hmm. I Fun. know if you spoke with your boys right now, you would. I'll be flowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It will come naturally. Form. Form like, uh, what's the motive? Form. 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 Gani. Yeah, form Nigani. What's the motive? Okay. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see what else you got. I think you said three so far. Yeah, those are three. I have two more to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't think of anything right now. Fuck. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll fill the last two for you. Chokora yeah. is definitely a slang word, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a slang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's more Swahili, like it's it's derived from the Swahili word kuchokora means to scrap around for something. 
Oh. Yeah, so the people who are termed as Chokra are basically uh, scraping for, for remains and stuff like that. Oh, here, here's one. Tea. Okay. Tea is alcohol. Tay. 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 Yeah, tay. How do you spell that? T-E-I. Tay. Tay, yeah. That's alcohol. That's liquor. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. Shash. What's shash? That's a blunt. Oh, uh, yeah. the plant? A blunt, like a spliff, a reggie. Oh, yeah. did you say shosh? Shash. Shash. Or kindukulu. <laughs> <laughs> now, shash sounds nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I've learned a few. I've. Yeah, I need to keep learning these words because yeah. I, I, I want to come to Kenya. So maybe me um, learning these words is me manifesting coming there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm manifesting you here in facts also. Yeah, honestly, let's manifest this because yeah. there's so many things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that you came on. And Thanks for having me on as well. Do you feel like rate this podcast out of 10? Yeah. If I had to rate, rate yeah. it out of a 10... Uh, because of me, I was kind of nervous, <laughs> so I'll give it an eight. But because of you, uh, you kind of like have helped me ease in through this experience, so I'd give it a nine. Yeah. So, average eight point five. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, guys! Yeah. Everyone who's listening, also you guys rate it. On if you're on Spotify, listening, just rate it. And yeah, no, I honestly I give this a nine point five. Yeah. Yeah, I think this was really good. Thank you for coming. Thanks as well for having me. Bye, guys. Bye.